Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 261 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you and your ways. While we will never fully understand this side of heaven, Help us learn more of you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus is teaching in John chapter 15. Jesus said, I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you, and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure and complete and overflowing. So what did Jesus tell the disciples? He told them to abide in him, and he would abide in them. He told them to live in him and dwell in him, and then he would live and dwell with them. Just as a branch is knit tightly into a vine, we are to cling that tightly to Jesus, and his joy, delight, and gladness will be within us. Jesus also talks about pruning. We are constantly pruned, just as trees, bushes, and plants are pruned, so they become even more beautiful. There are things in our lives that we may not want to let go of, but the Lord has bigger and better plans for us. May we hold everything loosely and allow God to prune away whatever he desires. Sometimes we have to let go of the good to make room for the better. And may we allow him to prune the bad habits and thoughts out of us as well, to make room for a more gentle spirit filled with compassion and love. We start a new book today in the New Testament, the book of Colossians. This letter is the twin epistle to the Ephesians letter and was likely written about the same time. The church was being infiltrated with Jewish customs and was moving toward legalism just like the church at Ephesus. So we will see much of the same kind of writing in this letter as we did the letter to the Ephesians. Reading this book helps keep us in check against legalism too. Let's see what Paul is writing to the Colossians in chapter 1. Paul starts the chapter by writing that he continues to be thankful for their faith. Verse 4 in the Amplified Bible further defines faith, and it is a beautiful definition. For we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ, the leaning of your entire human personality on him, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, and of the love which have and show for all the saints God's consecrated ones. Faith is defined as the leaning of your entire human personality on him, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. He writes that they have this kind of faith because of their hope in Christ and eternal life with him. May we ask the Lord to impart this kind of faith in our hearts today. Paul goes on to tell him that he is praying for them. He prays God will fill them with knowledge and wisdom. He prayed they would be refreshed, renewed, and invigorated. He also prayed they would be strengthened. God is the source of all we need. There is no shortage of renewal, refreshment, or inspiration in his kingdom. And as the creator of this universe, he continues to pour good things into his people. Paul writes that refreshment and strength are needed so we may have endurance. Endurance to withstand the difficulties of this life. Endurance when we may not feel like finishing the race. Endurance to keep moving forward when our emotions tell us to hide. He will invigorate our souls, and he does all of this for his glory. Yes, he is and will always be the source of might, strength, and endurance, power, and joy. In our gospel reading today, Jesus spoke of this joy and that if we cling to him like a branch clings to its vine, we will have it. Let's see what Isaiah is prophesying in Isaiah chapter 31. Isaiah writes again about the sin of trusting in people rather than God. In this case, the people of Judah were trusting in the Egyptians who had a large army, and they hoped they'd provide protection for them from the Assyrian army. However, if they had trusted in God, they would have had no need to trust the Egyptians. God didn't need men or horses. He only asked for their belief in him. 
The land of Judah was almost destroyed when God came and saved them from the Assyrians. Second Kings chapter 20 tells of the remnant of people who survived the Assyrian forces. And in verse 35, we read, And it all came to pass. For that night, the angel of the Lord went forth and slew 185,000 in the camp of Assyrians. And when the living arose early in the morning, behold, all these were dead bodies. Again, God doesn't need us. We need him. May we put our trust in him and him alone. Verse 5 says, Like birds hovering, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. He will protect and deliver it. He will pass over and spare and preserve it. God did protect Jerusalem, and he will protect and deliver us as well. May he put a spirit of belief and patience in us so that we wait on him even in the direst of circumstances. In chapter 32, the people were promised a king, one who, when he ruled would bring a spiritual revival of sorts. There is a notion that Isaiah was prophesying about King Hezekiah's reign. He was a God-fearing king who did bring back God into the land of Judah. When God is the focus, then all the wonderful things written at the beginning of the chapter happen. The righteous are protected and shielded from the wind and storms. The unlearned are equipped with knowledge and the wicked are brought down. And these things happened. We can only imagine how perfect it will be when the real king, Jesus Christ, rules. Then Isaiah warns the women about their complacency. He knows what is coming when the Assyrian army ravages Jerusalem. However, when all that is finished, God's spirit is poured over them and everything becomes more beautiful than before. The wilderness becomes a field and the fields become lush forests. There is justice, righteousness, and peace. Verse 18 says, My people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation, in safe dwellings, and in quiet resting places. This is what God wants for us. As we believe in him, we receive it all. Just as the message from Jesus tells us, abide in him and he will abide in us, and all these things will be granted to us. May we fully surrender to him and his will. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 80. Asaph writes about the desolation of the land, and he again prays for restoration. He asks God how long he will be angry with them. And isn't that the kind of questions children ask their parents? Not how long will they be angry, but just how long? How long until we get there? How long until summer, Christmas, my birthday? And the list goes on. We always want to be in the know, especially when we don't know. But God's timing is perfect. May he give us patience, endurance, and silent expectation to wait on him. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you. Father, help us wait for you. Help us be kind in the waiting room. Fill our hearts with your love so we can love others regardless of what's happening in our lives. You are almighty God and your perfect will is being done in our lives. May we be obedient to you and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.